the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we're gathered together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Yep. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we gather together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sounds of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves, our God saves. Song. 
It's now our moment in which we go to the most powerful time, and that is when we go to prayer. Some people think that's just a weak moment. It's not. It's the most powerful thing we can do because it asks God to come and intervene in our lives and in our events. And it lays before him our needs and our wants. If you're a person of prayer and have known, you have seen how God can act and how God can move and you've learned to trust him. If you're new to prayer, try, see, and be as specific as you can in your prayer. So then you will see the results and know, yes, God answered. So we try to say more than just, well, Lord bless me. We try to say things like, uh, you know, Lord, I'm sick, can you help me? That's more specific. So I would invite you in your prayer life to do that. If you have prayer requests, however, there's a space at the bottom here and you can see where you can add your prayer requests or you can send them in on our website or whatever you like. We are praying for them. I get some all the time and I'm happy to pray for them and others are praying for them as well. So if that's your request, please do. You have a praise or a need, something, let us know. So. Take a few moments, if you will, and write what you have, and we will be glad to, to answer that. All right, together, let's, uh, let's pray. When I pray, you pray in your own heart. Dear Lord, I thank you that we can call upon you as our Lord and Savior. You are a great God, and you are one who can act, and you are the one who is interested and loves each one of us. You have our picture hanging on your wall as your hall of wonderful love for us. <laughs> And we thank you, Lord, for doing that, that you care so much for each of us individually. It's hard to believe, but it's true. And that you want to be involved in our lives and you want to answer our prayers. Well, we bring our prayer requests to you. Lots of us are saying those things right now. And we're offering them to you, our needs that are given before you. We have needs all around our country for those who are so very sick. And I thank you to be with the scientists who are trying to find a vaccine and to being with others to stop this pandemic to save lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are with everyone and that you are watching everyone and that death is so far from what you want. You are a God of life, not a God of death. We praise you that you are a God of life and that you give life and will restore life to those who have passed away in you. But today we bring our requests. We think of those that are ill. We think of our own personal life. Maybe we're struggling inside with decisions, maybe with doubts, maybe with things that we're struggling with, sin in our lives. And we want to leave that with you, lay it at the cross. Lord, we want to give it to you. I thank you for taking them. And you promised to cleanse our lives and to clean our record in heaven so that it is clean, that there's no record of ever doing anything wrong, cleansed by your own blood. I thank you that you do that. But would you send your spirit now? We've looked at that and guidance that we may be your witnesses. That the opportunities that will come to us in the next few hours, days, weeks, that we can keep our eyes open to see where you may be leading us. I thank you that we can have the power of this media, that we were able to reach out to people that we've never met. We thank you, Lord, that people are listening, who are wanting to know you. We ask that you will help that and they think through that and as they become acquainted with you and as they get to know you more deeper. 
So Lord, thank you for hearing our prayer. We give you all the glory and the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good morning to you. We're glad you could join us today and have a great day today. I hope your week was good. Uh, here in Florida, they are lessening some of the restrictions. Maybe they are where you are as well. I understand the beaches were open. And so, yes, but of course it rained and had lightning. And so, boo. But the next few days here in southwest Florida should be good. And so I hope things are going well with you and that uh, life is good. I, I made a little video that I put on YouTube uh, that you may want to check out. It's called Bible 101 with Bill. And it is the very basics about getting acquainted with your Bible. There's going to be a series of them. This is for the very beginners who want to know how do I find something in the Bible? How do I uh, get around? How do I know what I'm reading? Um, it's just it will be very helpful to you. And uh, so if you or someone you know, would like to do that, please check us out on the Naples SDA Church on our loaded videos there. And you will find Bill, um, excuse me, Bible 101 with Bill. So please check that out. And I think you um, might find it helpful. Even though if you may be a seasoned person in reading the scriptures, they're always helpful hints for you there as well. But it's designed for those who would just like to get acquainted with the Bible. All right, today, I would like for us to look a little bit in the scriptures to deal with, and then he was gone. And what I'm talking about was you know, he was here, right? He was here among us, and now Jesus is gone. He's here one minute and then gone the next, as we would say. Well, to be fair, there's lots of room, lots of room for doubt. And a lot of people over the years have doubted that Jesus resurrected from the tomb. You know, God doesn't get mad at that. He doesn't get mad at when we doubt. He doesn't get mad when we question. In fact, he even says, well, come let us reason together. Come look for yourself. Come and see. Taste and see the Lord is good, the Bible says. So today, I'd like for us to think about this a little bit, about the story. And we're going to pick this up in Acts chapter 1. So if you have an opportunity, could you turn to your Bible and to Acts chapter 1? And I'd like to think, Jesus has been meeting with the disciples a few times. He's met with the 500, and now he's just preparing them just before he's going to leave, just before he's going to ascend into heaven. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. Would you find that? Verse 6. Then they, meaning the disciples and with Jesus, gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. That's a key thing to remember. It's not up to us to set when Jesus is coming. I've often heard people say, Oh, Jesus is coming within six months. Jesus is coming within a year. We're not to set times. The Father by his own authority, will decide. Reading on in verse 8, but, Jesus went on, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, 
He was taken up before them, before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. I would be staring up into heaven, wouldn't you? Seeing somebody go up, raise his hands, and start rising up into the sky, I certainly would be looking up and gazing, wondering, what in the world? I'd never seen anything like that before. Never seen that happen. And so these two men appeared, which we understand were angels. These two angels appeared, and they said to the men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Well, because that's the most natural thing that any of us would do. <laughs> of course we're going to look into the sky. Of course we're going to do that. But why are you doing that? Well, then they went on to say, this same Jesus, when he was taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. He will come back, which means he would come in clouds. He would come from the sky. There are lots of things that are wrapped up in the phrases that those angels have said. And the Bible lets us know more about that as we read. But they were made this promise by these angels, exactly how Jesus would come back. And with that, Jesus disappeared. Now you need to know that in this instant, a new doctrine was born. What are doctrines? Doctrines are the teachings that came from Jesus, that the things, the principles under which we can understand God, understand how he relates to man, understand his great themes in the Bible. Those are called doctrines or, or truths that are given. And at that moment, in that very moment, when he ascended into heaven, a new doctrine appeared. It's a very Fascinating thing that how quickly that developed, how quickly that happened as they were looking and staring up into heaven. Well, in the 12 to 1400s, 1500s, there were these sailors and these people who wanted to go and explore the world around them. If you remember how they would fear, they would be able to see as far as you could see out and see land when you ship because you didn't want to go out to the edge. You might fall off. Or there were dragons and so forth that were waiting for you, big sea monsters that were waiting for you. And so they always kept close to shore where they could see the shoreline as they were traveling, which was kind of fascinating, isn't it? Well, eventually... Eventually, there were people who were, who were brave enough to say, what would happen if we would just continue? Let's go see if we can find the edge. And we'll be careful as we go west. And so they began to head west as their journey. And we would kind of say, use that same concept that we find in Star Trek when the USS ship Enterprise would go and say, to go boldly where no man has gone before. Well, here we are, and here they go, and off they went. Well, if you go out and look outside, and you could go down to our pier here in Naples, and you go look outside, if you look at the horizon, look out to see, boy, does it look flat. Don't you think? As you look, you can look and see, you can see that the world is flat. But what happened as these men continued to head west, they didn't find the edge, they found other continents, and eventually they kept heading west, and they ended back where they started, 
And what happened with that? Well, suddenly, in that instant, when they came back around, they found that the great truth, the great principle under which they had been living their lives all this time and had understood the world around them, that the world was not flat. In actual fact, the world was round. Now, we think, well, that's, that's of course, we all know that. Well, but you think of their perspective, they did not know that. So when they discovered that the world was around, a lot of things had to change in their thinking. You see, what does one do with the facts? What does one do when they're presented with the facts? You have a choice whether you accept the facts or whether not, and you can continue to be a skeptic about it and going on your way. In fact, there's a, there's a group that's called the Flat Earth Society. Have you heard of them? They still believe the Earth is flat. And they think all the pictures and all the things and all the circulating that's been done of the Earth, that is just something that Hollywood has done and it's all been pretend. But the most of us, most of us now, looking in the world around us, will say, the world is round. And if you fly west... And you can keep going around the world. You'll end up coming in from the east and come back to the same place because it is round. We accept that as truth. We accept that in reality. Even though I can go out and look at the pier and see there's really a flat horizon as best as I can tell, as best as I can perceive. Well, Jesus' ascension, Jesus' ascension when he went to heaven, that was a fact that those men and women who were there, those followers of Jesus had gone out with him, that was a fact that they witnessed. They were able to see that. They were able to go. They watched Jesus disappear. Well, the reality is that in life that we are, everyone eventually disappears. Oh, some get lost and some are lost and we don't know where they are. Sometimes in the military we say they're missing in action. But, but eventually we all die and we disappear. We're not around anymore. But Jesus' disappearance was far different than that. It was far different than how we might disappear. For he went up, he ascended, he left them, and the clouds hid him out of their sight. And they were staring at them. They all saw it. They all were witnessing to it. And it was different, just, just as Jesus himself was different. Yes, he was in our likeness, but he was different. He was born of a virgin. The Bible tells us he never sinned. He was, he was crucified. He resurrected from the dead on the third day. Everything was different. So we could ask, who could have, uh, who could have possibly uh, guessed that that's what was going to happen? None of the disciples. They thought Jesus was going to go around and restore their kingdom. He thought that was the plan, not realizing that what Jesus was really going to do was he going to ascend. And so we could ask them, well, what collusion, conclusions would you draw? What would you draw from what you have witnessed and what you saw? What kind of conclusions would happen, would come to your mind? Well, they would say, Jesus had ascended into heaven, 
and sat down at the right hand of God. Now, how do they know that? Well, Paul, Paul saw that when he was on the road to Damascus, when he, the Lord revealed himself to him. We can read that statement about that, that he sat down at the right hand of heaven in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. We've looked at the book of Hebrews. And so there was, there was that sense and that knowing. That's where he is. He's in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So their conclusion became one of the bedrock doctrines of the Christian church. In other words, he's not in the ground. He's in heaven. Jesus is where God is. Therefore, 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 the important part of what does that mean? Jesus is in heaven. Well, all of the disciples... And those who followed afterward realized Jesus was for everyone. Not just for the Jews, not for just a select few disciples, but for the whole world, everyone in the whole world. I've been in many parts of the world fortunate enough to travel in some areas. I, I've been into Russia. I've uh, been there and seen the believers there. I've been down into Kenya, Africa, been down into Mexico and Canada, all around. And what I found was that it didn't matter your background. It didn't matter the color of your skin. It didn't matter your nationality, your wealth, your education. Jesus was available and Jesus was given for all of us. Every one of us. You and me. No matter where you are, who you are, or what you are, Jesus is for you. And they recognized that. They recognized how that was. There's a second thing and thought to that and Jesus being for everyone you know there is something inside of us something inside of us that that just won't tolerate wrong I've been watching in the news and maybe you have too it just just happening this uh, story that's happening this unfolding of what's happening with uh, General Michael Flynn now I don't want to get into the politics here. That's not my point. Whether you like General Flynn or if you like the president, that's not the point. But it appears that there has been some type of injustice done to him, that something's not right, and that he may have been trapped. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But, but as I listen to the story and as, as things unfold and as I see what is written about it and I see the documents that are now available to almost all of them are available to us, as I'm looking at and reading myself and looking at this and, and listening and trying to figure that out, that injustice really bothers me. And I bet it bothers you. There's something about that. So not only is Jesus for all of us, he's also here to point us to what is truth, what is right, what is loving, what is caring. That was his example, and he wants us to be like him. He wants us to have that same example. So Jesus went on, and he said, he told them before he left, you are to be my witnesses. Be my witnesses. Remember the text? But you will receive power with the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria 
and to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jesus was saying to them, begin now. Let the world see a demonstration of what the power of God can do when it works through the fellowship of those who trust in him. Many of you that are listening are believers. Many of you have been following many for a long time. Maybe you, some of you are just starting, but, but whatever your, your relationship with God, whatever, he is calling for us, begin to share with the world, demonstrate to the world what the power and love of God can do and how it can call people to write and how it can change lives for the better and how it can deal with evil and how it can deal with sin within your own life. It calls that to me. It calls me to power. Well, when Jesus ascended, it brought everything that he had been talking about into clarity. Now they knew. As Jesus went up, the light began to dawn on them. They began, they went back to the upper room and they stayed there waiting for the Holy Spirit. And they didn't know what, but the Holy Spirit to be poured out on that Pentecost. They waited in the upper room, praying and going back and forth to the synagogue. They knew that all of a sudden, everything that Jesus had been talking about suddenly all became clear. They understood his actions. They understood what he was doing. They understood why he went to the cross. They understood why he was in buried and was in the grave on Sabbath. They understood why he rose on the first day of the week, why his appearances, why he ascended into heaven. It gave fire to them, and they became his witnesses. You couldn't hold them back. They became bold. They were bold to go and take the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus wherever they could. And that's been the story ever since, that those who believe in him those who put their trust in him, those who accept and feel the call of him to be his witnesses have gone everywhere. Why Christianity is spread around the world. It is the fastest growing religion. I know you hear others are, but no, Christianity is the fastest growing religion in the world. Why? Because it has the great grace of Christ in it and deals with sin and forgiveness and the power of God to heal, to correct, and to be spread around the world. That is why so many people, so many people raise their hands and say, he is Lord. He is the master. Whether you like it, he's the master. If you um, follow him, he's the master of the world. If you don't, it doesn't make any difference about him being the Lord and master. He is what he is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But he also is your friend. I invite you today, if you would just take a few moments to look and say, am I willing to be a witness? Follow him. Maybe you're hesitant to say anything for him. Well, let the Lord open the opportunities for you. Ask him, please send someone to me who I can help, someone I can help with. You know what? He will. It's a scary prayer prayer, but, but praying that prayer opens that door. So make that way open for you. Be bold. Be like those who want to circumvent the globe. Be like that. Be bold to go where no one has gone before, to our neighbor, to our friends, to let them know about the great love of Christ has for them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity you give to us to share with others your great love. 
that we truly can follow you as, as witnesses, be empowered by you through the Holy Spirit, to speak when it's important, to share, to be loving and kind, to be good listeners and to be helpful. We thank you for hearing our prayer and being with us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, God bless.